Life, whether you like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. In this week's episode, meet Sharice Lucas, mom, model, and woman of God. Growing up from place to place, never quite knowing where to call home, finding herself in a different school year after year, she learned that with God, everything has purpose. Now leading the church in Guam with her husband, I call this episode, Nothing's Ever Wasted, Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. All right, we have on the line with us today, Sharice Lucas. Sharice, what's happening? Well, hey, BJ. So good to be on the line with you. Thanks for having me. You are so welcome. Thanks for taking the time. What's going on with you, girl? Oh, my gosh. Everything and everything. So let's see. <laughs> I just My son just came in from Dallas, so it's just good to see him because he moved out to Dallas. I'm in Arkansas presently, um, Little Rock, so it's just good to see him okay. and having my kids both under my roof for a moment because I'm about to be an empty nester. My daughter had an internship that she just did in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and she's just back. She did that over the summer. So uh, in a few days, we'll be moving out from Arkansas and starting our journey to drop my daughter off to college mm-hmm. in Boston. Mm-hmm. And then from there, going off to Guam to go and serve and lead the church out there. Oh, my goodness. Out to Gu- how, how did you end up heading to Guam from Arkansas? <laughs> Very carefully. <laughs> Oh, you know, totally the Lord, because let me tell you, on paper, I didn't want to go anywhere that far away from my kids, given that they're emerging adults and being launched. And so in my mind, I was totally fine with being on the mainland Mm -hmm. because, hey, I don't be a few hours away from them, maybe five hour flight. I I was cool with them living in whatever states they wanted to, you know, and just whatever. And so it wasn't something that I was even thinking about um, because we knew that after my daughter had finished her time here at high school here in uh, Little Rock that we would move on because we had been serving the church here in Little Rock, Arkansas for six years. And so we knew that we would be moving after that. And so it was just a matter of where would we be continuing the ministry somewhere else or would we pick up our secular jobs because my husband is a counselor and a professor. Mm -hmm. And then when I realized the degree I have, you know, in family and human development somewhere, I mean, I don't know. It was just all up (laughs) for grabs. And so one of the things, even before we entertained Guam, my husband, because we did some missionary work out in England at my husband's hometown about 10 years ago, right. we picked up everything and sold everything and led a self-funded mission out there and started church and praise God, we still have a church out there and we're still baptizing and praise the Lord. So, um, so here, you know, I, I just, could, I just didn't think that we would do that all over again. Right. And especially now that we've got our emerging adults. So Marvin had suggested, oh, hey, 
would you like to, you know, since we're going to move anyway, you want to move, you know, out of the country? And he had this twinkle in his eye. And I was like, uh, no, no, I don't. Absolutely not. Whatever, you know, because my mama was in me, you know, right. the mama bear. Like, no, because my cubs are here. <laughs> and so I was not open to that. If anything, I wanted to, because I'm partial to warm weather and beaches, because I was born in New York and raised in L.A., mm-hmm. so... I certainly love a good Southern California beach. So I was thinking, you know, if, if possible, it would be nice to be in a warm climate right. because we spent like six and a half years in Boston with nor'easters and blizzards. So not my jam, <laughs> not my preference. So, <laughs> so um, I was thinking, yeah, that'd be nice to, you know, go some sun. So we were entertaining, maybe going back to California. If there was an opportunity, we entertained Florida and God was like, oh, really now? You want some sun, do you? You want some beach, do you? <laughs> oh, really now? And so then my husband looks on our um, church website to see if any openings possibly for ministers. Right. And sure enough, there was uh, an opening that he saw in Guam. And he had presented that opportunity to me. In fact, he wasn't even sure that it was still available because it was like posted for like six months. Right. And so when he told me about it initially, I said no. And then God worked on my heart because really it was fear that was saying no, because again, it was the mama bear in me thinking, I can't leave my kids with these outlines because it's a 16 hour time difference. It's about a 20, 23 hour flight difference, you know, all this stuff. And so I'm thinking, absolutely not. And then God and the Holy Spirit kept working on my heart and reminded me of two main concepts that really helped me to surrender What's... one was that I, I was reading a devotional on bible gateway of all things <laughs> uh, i love bible gateway but anyway and i was looking up empty nester scriptures because i was just sobbing because my daughter had gone on to do her uh, summer internship and my son had already left in january so i was an empty nester for the first time and right. Um, I started boohooing and I was like, okay, I can sit here and wallow or I can try to get myself together. <laughs> so I quickly Googled some scriptures about empty nesting. And so I got to a devotional and this devotional helped me so much. And essentially the one point that the woman was making was that from a very young age, we're teaching our children to walk away from us. Right. Well, of course we are, you know, and it's like, that's right. I've been preparing them all this time for this. It's time to let them free. And then the other thought was, you know, considering as parents, sometimes we can worry there's a goodness to wanting to set them up for success and having a healthy concern mm-hmm. and, you know, details and such. But then there comes a line when you just start to worry, which is not healthy, which isn't biblical and it's not good, you know. Right. So anyway, <clears throat> the question that was posed in the devotional was, who do you think is protecting your kids when you're not there? Because you can't be with them 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, true who was with them all this time when they learned how to drive and they're driving now and who was with them in middle school and high school wasn't when i wasn't there 24 7 of course it was god what am i thinking of course you know right and the angels protecting them and so that was kind of the holy spirit knocking on the doors of my heart reminding me now whose children are these yeah and at that moment i was reminded oh that's right they're god's children He's loaned them to me and my job is to get them back home to him mm-hmm. <laughs> And then it also helped because also the scriptures talk about how God determines the times and places and um, for us and that he knows, you know, every day before they're even ordained to be interesting. Uh, we had Boston church um, and that's where our kids were born in Boston and we had served in our Dallas church. And don't right. you know, 
with, you know, the, the African proverb that says it takes a village, you know, to raise children. Well, guess what? We've got our Dallas village because we served in that church for almost eight years. And we have our Boston village because we served in that church for six and a half years. And wouldn't you know, I mean, God knew all along. It might have been a surprise to me, but certainly not right. to him. Right. All along that they were going to be set up. And I think that's exactly what helped me to be all the more secure and to make such a bodacious decision to mm-hmm. even pursue that as an option. And so sure enough, you know, once God calmed my anxious heart, I decided, well, if it's God's will for us to be there, let's see. And this was all before Rona hit. <laughs> <laughs> and then the coronavirus, darn her, Rona has interrupted everybody's group. Right. <laughs> so we've been at this whole interviewing process since, you know, probably the beginning of January, pretty much they had offered us the job in February because um, we did like Zoom conferencing and right. interviewing and all that right. stuff. But we felt like we'd be remiss to accept the position without physically going there first yeah. and being able to believe that in prayer and just make sure it was a mutually edifying fit for both the church and us. Mm-hmm. Um, so sure enough, you know, through jumping through all the hoops and all these doggone Rona restrictions and certainly being wise in our travel and taking perfect, you know, not perfect, taking um, decent precautions, of course, right. and different Rona tests to make sure we weren't bringing the coronavirus into this precious island. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, very invasive, that test, doggone it. So anyway, um, we got down there and we had to be on quarantine for about nine days and take the test again just to again, prove to them we didn't have the Rona. Um, and uh, then we were able to be free to be with the people. And we just were able to meet outdoors with them, um, like at a park right. with our masks and all that stuff and or Zoom or super small groups or something like yeah. that. So that was able to then give us a great little, um, I don't know, just like a little piece of what it could be, you know, if God wanted us to be right. there. And so, yeah, he made it abundantly clear it was a good fit. And we fell in love with the people. The people fell in love with us. Mm-hmm. And so here we are literally on the precipice of about to have this major Lucas upheaval <laughs> and go halfway around the world. You know, it's a, a territory called Oceana. The fact is, it's right, literally an island right in the middle between Australia and Asia. So it's only six hours away flight from Australia. Right. And it's only like three hour flight away from Japan or South Korea. I mean, come on. That is amazing. <laughs> well, tell me, I got a quick question for you because yeah, I mean, please. you guys, obviously you've, you've picked up a number of times, dropped right. everything and just gone wherever God has sent right. you. And it sounds right. so wonderful. It sounds like, whoa, what a great surrendered art. But for those of us who are not quite there, (laughs) did you ever have, I know you said you hesitated because of your, your, your cubs. And I understand that, but what did you have to do? Just kind of go back a little bit when this process began, not even just Guam, but you guys have traveled. I remember when you you went to Boston, you know, did you always have a heart that was like, God, I'll drop everything and go. Or did God have to get you to that place? in which you would be willing to drop everything and go? I think that's a great question. Um, Funny enough, I think he was already starting that kind of adventure spirit in my heart long before I even became a Christian. Mm -hmm. And sadly, because of my upcoming, uh, my upbringing, we um, were in situations financially where 
my mom and her boyfriend weren't always able to um, meet their obligations to pay rent. So unfortunately, we had been evicted almost every year, it felt like, wow. um, as a child. And so I moved so many times almost every year without fail. Mm. And I had, of course, so many schools I went to and so many new friends I had to meet. Um, and so I guess, you know, I look back at all that now, maybe God was just priming my heart to have that type of adventurous spirit mm -hmm. that would be okay with going anywhere, doing anything, especially since that's the call of a disciple anyway, right. but how much more, because that's the call of a disciple. And I think I've always been kind of like a free spirit, so to speak, like a butterfly mm -hmm. where I don't like staying one place for too long. Cause then I get like spiritually bored. Right. And I just kind of feel like, well, there's so much to do anyway, you know, and there's some people that they're fine being in a place for a long time and all their life. And there's, you know, a beauty in that. And then there's some that are not like right. that. I think about, you know, Paul, how would we have gotten all those churches planted all over the place if he just stayed one place? Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> That's why he was the father of many churches. Right. And so, you know, I just think, hey, in the spirit and the heart of Matthew 28, 18 through 20, making disciples of all nations. Okay. Well, what can I do, right. you know, and trying to do that. And I think always just bathing whatever opportunity that God presented to us in much prayer and just really trying to make sure not to make any move until he made it abundantly clear. Mm -hmm. And for some reason he closed doors. Then obviously that was obvious that we weren't to go there, but if he like busted the doors open for right. us, then that was a pretty strong indication that, Oh, he wants us to go. So that's really been our heart you know, the different moves. Cause like when we started back in, um, what gosh, two, uh, what is it? 91, 2001, where am I in 91, excuse me, 1991 is when I got baptized. And, uh, thank you for your help <laughs> and uh, your service and helping me with my faith and studying the Bible with me all those years ago. But, um, yeah, we started off in what was known as the AMS ministry back in the day, right. arts, media, sports ministry. I was doing some modeling, and then about two years after that, they asked us to intern uh, at one of our churches in the South Ministry of L.A. We did that for about a year. And then they asked us to go to Houston to lead the campus ministry. We did that for a year. And then we actually impromptu landed up leading the church because the couple was going to be trained for a time um, in Los Angeles. And so we impromptu led the church during that time as right. well. Then God, you know, worked really powerfully there and. Um, people from our LA church were like, Hey, let's bring the Lucases back and have them lead a region here mm -hmm. in LA. So the region in uh, San Bernardino for a year. And then they asked us to go to Boston. So then we went to Boston for six and a half years. That's where we had our kids. And then they asked us to go to Dallas and then we went to Dallas for eight years. Right. And then the Holy Spirit knocked on the doors of our hearts. It was always my husband's ambition to go back to his hometown to plan a church since he's got family that live in England, particularly Norwich, mm -hmm. his mom and dad there. And of course, he's got some cousins and friends and such. And so with England, particularly Norwich being uh, primarily an atheistic place, he definitely wanted to give his parents an opportunity to respond to the gospel if they so cho chose to do so. Um, unfortunately, at the time, they weren't open, but other people were. So we just kept it moving. That's and right. so we went there and served for about you know four years. Right. We served in the church for the first year just to get our bearings and then the other three we established the church or god as i say established the church and just happened to use us um for the three years and then we moved here they asked us to serve in little rock and that was so funny because the couple that was leading the little rock church happened to be the sister that used to be in my in our campus ministry back in the houston ministry mm -hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> so God definitely determines his times. And right. <laughs> so that's how we landed up in Little Rock. And so we've been serving here in Little Rock for six years, and now we're about, about to go to, to Guam. Go to so that's our kingdom trip. Right. You know, it's so interesting. You, you, you're making things are flashing through my head as you're speaking. I've forgotten, uh, just to, to our listeners, I've forgotten that Marvin, your husband, comes from an atheist background. Right. You know, uh, for those who are listening, there's an interesting little story, and then I will get back on track. <laughs> but years ago, when I was studying the Bible with Cherie, Cherie comes from an entertainment background like myself uh, as a model. So there were some adjustments, let's just say it that way, that needed to be made with photos. I remember that. Oh, yeah. And we're studying the Bible with Cherise. We're studying the Bible with you. And I remember Marvin came looking for me. Do you recall that? Actually, I don't. Yes. But I know he wasn't happy that y'all were taking his little worldly girlfriend away from yes. him. Yes. <laughs> we were studying the Bible and changes were being made. And you were, you know, you were making some adjustments, not because I said so, but because the Lord was no. calling you to it. That's and then right. Marvin came looking for me. Now, all I knew about Marvin from you was that he was a boxer, an ex-boxer, oh, and he was from oh, London. God. So when oh, I goodness. when I heard, BJ, there's this guy looking for you, and I heard his voice, I got so nervous. I was like, okay, oh, okay, God, help me out, because if I have to go back to my hood days, I might have to throw a punch. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, and right. he was the sweetest thing, but it that was the only moment I think I can recall. I was like shaking in my boots. And I was like, God, you got to protect me. I'm just doing what you're calling me to do. <laughs> but for those who are listening, he is such an incredible man. So Amen. praise God. God is good. I always joke about that God used me as the bait to lure him in. <laughs> So very atheist at the time. Very true. Yeah. Very, but what's something very something much. you said is really really jumped into my head though as you were sharing about your upbringing. You know that you guys moved around pretty much every year. You're in different schools. You got all this stuff. You know Marvin. You know comes from an atheist background. It just made me think. God, nothing that we go through is ever wasted with Hello. God. Right. So I look at. Mm -hmm. We don't see it that way at the time. You know, we, we're going, God, why is this happening to me? God, why is my family so unstable? God, why is? And then here you are all these decades later, and you can look back and see, no, I was preparing you. I needed you to be a free spirit. I needed you to be able to pick up and pack your bags and go at the drop of a hat. So you can look at it now and go, nothing that we go through is ever wasted with God. Right, right, and that amazes me. So I, I thank God because He is so <laughs> omnipresent. He knows so much more it's, than we will ever know, dream or imagine. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so your kids are good with you guys now taking off once again. <laughs> yes. So because they've watched us live this mm -hmm. life, you know, all their life. Um, they know we go hard for the Lord. You know, I joke about being gangster for the Lord. They know we're all about God's business. And so they've watched us all through the years, loving people, serving people, having people in our home and studying the Bible with people and baptizing people and doing all the things that, uh, you know, a disciple would do and much less somebody in the ministry. Right. So th that's not surprising to them. And I think even when we sold everything and moved to England because they were uh, aged eight and 11, they were old enough to understand and feel the, the, the sacrifice of all mm -hmm. that. 
And I think that God really even used that time to help cement their faith so that when we moved back here to Little Rock, Arkansas, though we had no teen ministry, they were the only teens, right. God still allowed them to become disciples because I think they were able to see the full picture of discipleship, mm -hmm. the, the, the heart of go anywhere, do anything, give up everything. And they were in the middle of it and felt mm -hmm. it. So they're to it, I think. And then like my daughter, she's quite the adventurous spirit <laughs> and she loves to travel. I mean, we've been a traveling family anyway, but she really loves to travel. So I think she had a little bit of a selfish motive of wanting us to go to Guam because she was just so happy that we would be over there in Oceana. <laughs> and then that would be a good stop for her as she travel Asia. Right. <laughs> he was like real thrilled. And then our son, he was just fine with it. Cause like I said, he's just used to, you know, seeing us go hard for the Lord. So it just makes sense for him. So as it is, you know, our plan, we have our plan. God has his, once we get down there, we're going to fly our kids in for Christmas mm -hmm. and to have them all with us uh, at Christmas and then Lord willing we'll see them again in the summer or something like that but it definitely is a sacrifice because we won't be able to get to them so readily and easily right. and, or for them by, because it's super expensive and it takes a long time but uh, they're good they're good with it. That's awesome this is going to sound like a strange question but I think it's just an important one just because um, we all go through stuff any regrets you look back over your life you look at you've given up life, mm. career, all sorts mm -hmm. of things to serve the Lord and to serve God's people. Right. Any regrets? How do you feel? <clears throat> you know, well, even, yeah, no, that's a good one. I, I think I just kind of hit that wall a little mm -hmm. bit just recently because now I'm in, you know, I'm in my middle ages here, you know, <laughs> uh, going through my midlife stuff and, you know, in the middle of perimenopause and the whole nine. So isn't this fun? <laughs> So, you know, empty nesting, menopausing, you know, just going through all kind of stuff. And usually for a lot of people during this time in their life, they're really kind of assessing. So how'd it go? Because, you know, now we're coming downhill. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm literally sitting here counting down. Okay, I'm going to be 50 next year. You know, women usually live to about 77 on average. <laughs> my family dies young. So I might have, if I'm lucky, oh, another 25 oh my years, goodness. 27 years. And, you know, I've been married for 29 right. and been together for 31 and that went in a blink of an eye. So I'm like, oh, goodness, probably this last little hurrah I've got, <laughs> it's got to, you know, all the more. I'm telling you, I've been counting the costs and thinking about this. So even with this next move, I think a lot of the moves that we made, we, you know, what we did serving in the ministry, certainly we didn't do for money. That's not how our church rolls. Right. However, we did need certain amount of funds just to take care of our basic needs and take care of our children and so forth and so on. But there was a lot of sacrifice that we made in our 20s and our 30s and our 40s right. financially um, with pay. And, you know, we were fine about that because God took care of us always. And, you know, even the fruits of that, you know, our children are disciples. So for that, you know, I'm grateful through and through. And so many souls along the way have been saved. And we've been able to grow a lot because of all the different experiences. But this particular last hurrah, given the stage in life that we're now in, right. my husband, he's going to be 55 this year. Um, you know, he's, you know, Lord willing, got another 15 years that he can work before he's 70, say if we work <laughs> to 70, right? And the same thing with me, we got about another 20 years. And, you know, we've got just a little bit of 401k. Mm -hmm. And we don't have any savings. And even that was a thing when we were getting our kids off to college, like, well, all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is interesting. So, you know, we've had to get loans or whatever. Right. And uh, you know, my son did his first year of college, and that was about 10k. And then my daughter, she's getting into a college that's costing $80,000 a year. Wow. Now, fortunately, I've been so gracious because of all her different academic 
uh, achievements and grants and scholarships and such, she'll only have to pay about seven to eight a, a year. Mm-hmm. So God's really working that out for us. So I feel like he's just taken such good care of us, though. We had a type of sacrifice, nowhere near the sacrifice his son had. So that's why I say that very gingerly, right. a type of sacrifice. <laughs> but this particular time around, we did have to count the cost because in order to take the position in Guam, we initially, the initial contract they proposed, um, it was going to be a $25,000 pay cut, which we were like, you know, we're a little bit too old now right. <laughs> to be taking that kind of pay cut. And it's not because we don't want to, it's just, is it a matter of it even being wise and prudent at this point? Because right. we really got to take care of ourselves and you know, Social Security, if we're sitting there just relying on Social Security, then we're going to be out of luck because they're already spending that as we speak. <laughs> There'll mm-hmm. be nothing there left. And then it's pretty minuscule, even if that was all you were, you know, depending on. Right. And so we're just, you know, really counting the cost there and thinking about that and trying to figure out, you know, obviously we worked part time in the ministry and part time secular jobs to help, you know, with the income and stuff like that. Um, my husband, he holds two master's degrees. I mean, he's a minister, he's a therapist, he's got his, he has had his own counseling practice, he just closed it because we're moving, and he's also a professor, an adjunct right. professor. So, you know, he's wearing many hats, and I was working part-time, too, in the ministry in another job. So, we were just kind of feeling like, well, I suppose we could kind of make up the extra funds, especially with his online practice, you know, because of the coronavirus and everybody's not necessarily coming to the offices, right. days, which is fine. Um, so, you know, we felt like we could probably make up at least 10 K of that, you know, cause we didn't want to be too divided in interest and really wanted to serve the church. And so they were able to come back and, um, now we'll be about 10 K down, but we felt like that's manageable. Right. Um, so that would probably be almost the regret that I had is that, Oh man, you know, after all this, mm-hmm. you know, geez, I mean, man, we've had all this great success for the Lord and all these beautiful blessings, but did we just shoot each other, uh, shoot, shoot ourselves in the foot here? <laughs> oh, no. So, you know, God just continues to work it out. And he's again, proven faithful. He's like, no, here you go. And I really do feel very humbled and honored, especially during this uh, president, unprecedented time we're in where people are losing their jobs and depending on unemployment and that's running out or they don't even have food to feed their kids and they're about to be evicted. So I feel very humbled by the privilege of God allowing us to be able to serve him you know, still part of the U.S. territory, right. you know, in Guam, and to even have a job during this season, right. um, I'm very humbled and I'm honored. I mean, certainly we could have, I'm pretty sure, easily got a job just because of the industry that we're in. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a need. So I know we would have gotten jobs. It might have just been a little bit more challenging right. because of we're at as, you know, a world a country. So I would say that that almost was a regret feeling like, oh, did, did we not plan as wisely as we needed to? Mm-hmm. But now now here we're trying to, you know, make some good strides and do some good stewarding and just make sure we're being prudent so that we can hopefully set ourselves for the best success possibly, you know, right. possible. Right. To continue to serve and even have more freedom to serve God in our elder years. Yeah. Because we've been uh, wise, you know, with our finances. So. That's probably, that's the closest regret I could think of, honestly, no, that's, because it's been so merciful and gracious to us. Right. No, that that's awesome. I, I think back to, you know, like you, I started super, super early in which I was like, okay, God, take my life, do with it whatever you'd like. 
And I remember having the conversation with God. Um, Mm -hmm. God, I'm giving over the greatest Mm -hmm. earning potential years of my life. You know, and God said very clearly, I will take care of you. And it's just been so amazing. It doesn't always show up the way that you think it will, the way you want it to. But Mm -hmm. God is true to his promise. You know, Absolutely. And that's what I'm really what I'm hearing you say is, you know, we, we right. have these tinges and we go, did I make the right choice? Did I do the right thing? And God right. is saying, I'm always true to my promise. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. he has provided, he provided that ram. He provided the ram and the thicket for us over and over and over and over again. That is so true. <laughs> that's so true. All right, girl. Well, I'm not going to keep you from your family. I know that you're about uh-huh. to be an empty nester in like a matter, matter yeah. of days. So spend as much yeah. time as you can with your kid. I will. Thank you for spending this time with me. I, you know, for my listening audience, I always tell people, you know what? We don't get to choose our testimony, mm-hmm. but we are called to share the journey. So thank you for sharing this journey with us today. I realize not everybody listening has been called to do ministry and to pick up go as you have but if they can hold on to anything hold on to nothing that we go through is ever wasted Mm -hmm. so god will use it in whatever way he so chooses if it's for you to go to guam then that's what it is but if it's for you to simply minister to your household Mm -hmm. he will use that as well Mm -hmm. so sharice i love you girl Love you too, sister. Thanks so much. Tell your husband Great said, Tell your husband said thank you for not beating me up when he first met me many years ago. <laughs> I will make sure we count that story because I sure forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, girl. Much love. Good Have luck in Guam. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. I hope you've been enlightened and encouraged. I want to say thank you to my incredible guests this week and a special thanks to my music man, Mr. David Burnett Graham. Follow me on Instagram, everybody. And until next time, be on the lookout for the hand of God.